listening to Divorce Happy Hour. I am your host today, Christina Previtt, and I wanted to come on here and talk about some issues that some of you should be thinking about as we approach spring and summer and then fall, which I like to call college season. If you are divorced already, there are some issues that you may have to deal with if you have children together that are high school seniors you are probably already entrenched in the college admission process and maybe feeling a little befuddled by all of it and probably preoccupied with just the admissions process. But very soon, if it's not happening already, you will have to start making deposits. You will be looking at costs and term bills and having to figure out how you're going to make that large payments over the summer when it comes time to pay the bill. In a perfect world, everybody would have 529 plans and endless money to pay for all of these things for our kids, as we all would like to do. But in most situations, that really isn't the case. It may be difficult for you to talk with your spouse, your ex-spouse, about who's paying for what. A lot of times when we have to talk about money, they are not pleasant conversations. But if you're divorced, there should be some guidance in your settlement agreement about how to handle college expenses. So the first thing that you should do is review your settlement agreement and see what it says about college expenses. It's very likely that it says something like you are going to apportion each party's contribution based upon ability to pay or percentage of each of your incomes. Those are some typical provisions that we often see in settlement agreements. It may also leave it very open-ended and say nothing, or it may just acknowledge that you both will contribute. Those are the kinds of situations that makes this a little more muddy, especially if you don't have a very amicable situation with your ex-spouse So whatever the case may be, whatever it says, that is where your guidance is. You will probably have to do a little more. Sometimes it requires that you exchange financial information so that we can start to talk about what each person's contribution should be based upon how much money they're making. You may also have to fill out a case information statement again so that we can see what each person's assets are, what debt do they have, so that we can really see their overall financial picture. The current law is Newberg versus Arrigo. It's been law for a long time now. There's been a little buzz about changing it, but that has not happened. So the law that we still have is Newberg. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, because I don't like to get into the weeds with law, is because that's the law. And if you Google it, you will find a number of factors that the court is supposed to consider, such as income, assets, debt, your overall financial circumstances, what the values of the parents have been. Was it your expectation that you would pay for your kid's college? Are both parents involved? Where is the child going to school? Does the child have the aptitude to go to college or go to that college? What is the cost of the college? 
very often people get into conflict because one child, one parent really wants to splurge and let their kid go to a school that's out of state, maybe a school that's not real practical given the party's finances. And the other parent doesn't want to be so generous because for whatever reason, because they don't want to or because it's just too expensive and and it's just not an investment they want to make. And they may prefer that the child attend Rutgers and in-state school because it would mitigate some of the cost. There are a lot of reasons and it really depends on your family circumstances. So start by looking at your settlement agreement. What does it say? What does it tell you that you have to do? You should start doing those things. And the reason I bring this up now is because you should engage in some planning, even if it's an amicable situation, even if you know how much you're supposed to pay. You may have an agreement that says we should pay 50-50, but you're going to need to plan that. How are you paying that? Are you taking out loans? Are you co-signing loans that your child is going to take? Are you liquidating something? And also, if you are the parent who's largely involved in planning all of this, because oftentimes there's one, and you're going to need to communicate with the other parent about what you're doing. Has a school been selected? How much is it? Have you gotten bills? What documents have you gotten from the school? How much is room and board? Are there other decisions that need to be made? Because if you're not including them in that, Sometimes there's an objection that you're not including them. So it's really important to make sure that you're including them, even if it's by email, you know, whatever method you are comfortable communicating with them, but keep them informed and always good to keep a record of that, that you are keeping them informed. So if you do those things by email, they're very easy to verify. The other thing to be mindful of, uh, there are deadlines with respect to financial aid applications. I had the benefit of working in financial aid at a proprietary school long before I ever went to law school, so I do understand more than the average attorney about how these applications work, and more importantly, what you get in return when you file the FAFSA. You will get a number of reports back when you file the FAFSA. You'll get documents that tell you how much federal aid the student is getting, how much state aid the student is getting. So there are a number of letters that you get. And the reason I'm telling you this is because very often when we get into a dispute about financial aid, the parent who is controlling things a little more will give us one of those. And because nobody really understands what all of these reports mean, they don't realize that there's other types of aid and other reports that you actually should be getting. So be mindful of that. If you have questions about those things, you can always go to the financial aid office at the college and they can break that all down for you. But I will say, don't rely on your attorneys to figure that all out. They may be very smart. They may be lawyers. They know law, but they don't know financial aid. So talk to someone who is knowledgeable about that. Now, the reason I bring this up in the spring is because if you are in a situation where this is not amicable, 
and you cannot agree on what each party is supposed to pay. Maybe you can't agree on what your child is supposed to pay. Maybe you can't agree on whether the child is expected to take out loans or any other number of issues about college. You need to make an application to the court. And if you have any experience in the court system, you know that things do not move quickly especially when it comes to college expenses because oftentimes people require what's called a plenary hearing to resolve the issue. That's basically a trial. It's a little mini trial and that means there's a period of time when you have to engage in discovery again. You should be very familiar with that if you're divorced already. You have to fill out documents. It's highly likely that your judge will require you to go to mediation maybe more than once. You may have to go to ESP again. So you're basically in active litigation again. And as you know, that takes many months. So if you think that this is not going to be amicable and that's the road that you're going to have to go down, you want to make sure that you get that ball rolling very early. Because if you don't, if you wait till July, if you wait till June, if you wait till after that, how is the money going, where's the money going to come from to pay the tuition bill, to pay the term bill? You need to know who's paying what by the time the term bill is due. So that is why I emphasize to you to please get this ball rolling early, really now. It's March 8th, 2020 right now, as I am speaking to you into this microphone. If you have any questions, if you don't understand exactly what's required of you in your settlement agreement, or it does look like you're starting to have some conflict about how to handle college selection and sometimes just paying the application fees and maybe visiting colleges and things of that nature. If it looks like you're going down that road and you need some assistance, give us a call. Please do it early. You can find us at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. You can call us at 732-529-6937. I hope that you have found this information valuable and useful. We always love to have feedback about how we're doing with our podcast. So if you have positive feedback, if you have negative feedback, we want to hear it. If there are topics that you would like us to talk about, please feel free to let us know and we will put that on the schedule. You can reach me at Christina, that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at P-N-Law-N-J.com. Thank you for listening.